Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. Today's guest is one that I've been looking to for quite some time. We were supposed to have him in earlier this year, but then this whole pandemic thing came through and kind of pumped the brakes on that. But he is one of my favorite local musicians. Uh, he is as prolific as they come, but it's amazing because all of it is great work. Uh, just just this year alone, I think he's put out two albums and has a third one on the way. Is that right? I, I think so, three or four. Okay. I don't even know anymore. So um, you may know him as Andrew. You may know him as Achilles. You may know him as Blade Sir, but it's Andrew. I'm going to call him Achilles Domestico. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, man. It's been a long time coming. I know. I, 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 have, I have this kind of... Uh, pack of about four or five guys that i try to not stock online and you know every now and again is to say hey if you're if you're up for it come in but finally you're here that's awesome so uh i'm, I'm trying to remember how it was that i first became aware of you but it was it was before blade of sir was even something that i was aware of it was when you were releasing the achilles albums there was marauder and then the one right after that summit i think yep okay and those were cool i i i liked right away because they definitely had this kind of desert rock Right. vibe to them you know i'm a big queens of the stone age stone age caius yep. you know those types of bands and i could really hear that in that music yeah i'm definitely into that stuff so yeah it kind of shines through a little right bit. right right but i loved it and i was like the production of it i love the look of it you have i love the look of marauder i don't know it reminds me of something like a classic movie almost or something i can't even figure it's, out was there an idea behind that i mean it was you know that that 70s Kind of revenge, kind of like just yeah, like over Get the Carter, top. Or like this weird yeah, kind of kind of a like you know like um, just the old school nineteen seventy Dodge Challenger, yeah, yeah, you know, that kind yeah, of yeah. just that whole idea, man. And the, what you do with that guitar too is bad. I get, I just saw the other day that you said it used to have blue. It was blue with lightning yeah. bolts on it, but you had, you had that yeah. sweet gold paint to yeah, it. Yeah, it, it was a dime bag. Okay, and it was an old school Washburn and it had right. lightning bolts and everything, and it was my favorite, but. I beat it up over the years, you know what I mean? And For sure. I have a friend that paints cars, my friend Joel, and he just... he so went like powder-coated, or what's the... I mean, he, he, he did the process like he would with a car. He sanded it down. He took all the paint off. He, he just got it perfectly smooth and slick. Did it change the sound of the guitar at all? It just that sounds, you could tell? I mean, not much, but it just it's perfect. Man. Is that your go-to, or, or what's your go-to? What's What do you play the most? That one, and then I have another USA Dean okay. that I had custom-made, which is... it's my dream guitar, that's your man. dream guitar yeah, nice. i got to have it done so that's awesome so then summit came out a little bit after marauder is that right yeah okay now summit almost has like a navajo kind of deal going on the cover yeah. what's and, and i you know i've gone through your pictures on social media and you kind of occupy these different spaces or these different roles and like right. part of it is like the swedish mm -hmm. black death metal then there's mm -hmm. definitely kind of an indian vibe but then like you mentioned the 70s kind of old school yeah so where does all that come from? Are these kind of characters in your in your mind that you've built up to kind of it's just speak just different personal languages? Interest. Yeah, Man, I, I'm really into uh, old cultures and anything ancient, Native American, Greek, the Viking stuff, uh, you know, Egyptian, anything like that. So I always that's always where my art ideas come from is is the the past. You know what I mean? I'm well, not, Domestico is that Italian? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're Italian by yeah by birth. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, ahead. Roman stuff, right? All that kind of well, stuff. Well, but you, there's definitely an affinity, like I mentioned, for the Indian uh, affinity for kind of the vi- almost Viking type of yeah. situation with Blade of Sir and just big into to, to the just the warrior, the idea of you know the old school warriors and, and just Native Americans in general, just the idea that they they care for earth and animals and stuff like that. To me, is like the most important thing. Now, is that a family tradition, a family it's, interest, or is it something you developed on your own? It's not. I, my grandpa. Actually, is that what it is? My grandfather and, and one of my aunts, and they've always been into Native American stuff. And my grandfather got me like a silver Thunderbird ring when I was real young. Sure. And, I was like, and they lived in Santa Fe. So every time I went out there, that's all it is. It's Pueblos, and it's yeah, just yeah. Native American art and jewelry. And Where are you from originally? I didn't even ask you I was I was born in California in Palm oh, okay. Springs. Okay. How long were you there? A year, and then went, and then, and then my mom took me here. Okay, so, so pretty much all your life. Yeah, Tampa. Uh, Tampa, all my life. Oh, really? Yeah. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Gaither. Okay. Yeah. High all right. School. Yeah. All right. So anyway, you're talking to me about your grandpa and Native American culture and music. Was that something you started early with, or is oh, that yeah. something that came later? When did you start yeah. playing? I mean, my my grandfather was a jazz guitarist. So he's a big big guy in your he, life. He was he was amazing, man. He was crazy, and and. And then my uncle, his son, is a guitarist who's into all the old 80s. Like, uh, just, he loves thrash and loves all that oh, really? stuff. So that's how I grew up. I grew up on Metallica. Oh, and for sure. Pantera and Guns N' Roses and Alice in Chains and all Did that Did you watch stuff. that documentary I was telling you about? I haven't yet. I got to check yeah, you it out. Got it. The thing that's so crazy, so talking about Murder in the Front Row is a documentary that just came out that's the birth of the thrash scene in, in the Bay Area. The thing that's so crazy about it when you watch it is that Exodus and Metallica were kind of neck and neck. Yep. And when Metallica started, they had uh, they had uh, Dave Mustaine on guitar, mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to remember who they had on bass. But they bring in they bring in Cliff Burton from Trouble, and they bring in um, Kirk Hammett from Exodus. And as soon as they bring in those two guys, all of a sudden they take this huge leap ahead of Exodus. But Bonded by Blood, the 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 Exodus album, and Kill 'Em All, the Metallica album came out within like five or six months of yeah, each other so close to but each kill them all came out earlier and that just shot them into the stratosphere mm-hmm. and then exodus it's funny because in the movie they even kind of in part blame the artwork on bonded by <laughs> blood which if you know the cover yeah. of that album is yeah, kind yeah. of a it's like these two little devil babies yeah. but uh they just kind of paint exodus as not being able to make good business decisions and that's where they didn't kind of you know reach the heights of metallica i gotta i gotta check that out yeah it's so good it's so good i mean it's 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 you know they have uh all the slayer guys in there and they even talked to a couple of the anthrax guys even though they're from mm-hmm. new york so anyway so that was your uncle who got you that was kind of your entry point into metal just he was my entry point into music in general now did you play in school at all as far as like jazz bands or Nah, marching man or I played a little recorder or something when I was in elementary okay. school. When did you pick up guitar? I picked up guitar when I was around seven. Okay. And I, you know, it was more just to stand in the mirror and, and look cool. Yeah, well, that's you know part of mean? it, right? And then once I was able to get an amp with a little distortion and just learn like little easy Marilyn Manson riffs sure. and stuff, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I, I can actually do this. And so then how I old are you? That. I'm, I'm 33. 33. Yeah. So seven, seven years old. What year were you born? 87. So you're, so at seven is like Injustice for All just came out. Yeah, I mean, I was... Right around there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, no, I was probably 87. Because that came out like 88, didn't it? I think it came out in 89, so I, I was probably like two or three okay. when that came out. 
but that album was, you know. That was my entry point too. I remember first one. Seeing that, that video, one was just like, what is this? I you know, like, I don't know what I'm watching. Man, yeah. This is it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you know, catching on to Pantera and stuff, and that's when I. Uh, you know, when I was 12 is when I grabbed that Dimebag guitar right. from Sam Ash, and then yeah. it was over. That was it. Like, I couldn't put it down, man. No, I, was, I was putting on Fear Factory CDs and, and just listening. I don't know how to read or write music, right. so everything's by ear. So I just would sit there and play and play and play until I just, I was like, all right, this is how it's supposed to sound. Did your family support it? Were they worried yeah. about it, or they, they were, they they were behind su- it? They yeah. all supported it. My dad's very business, and, and, you know, he's got that numbers. Sure. Everything's numbers for him. Yeah. But my mom and her side of the family it's all music and art okay. so i was able to just yeah. you know it just kind of flows out a little bit easier yeah. that way now did, were you as prolific as you are now back then is that something that's come about more recently or i i just always been into so much music like i don't really care about what genre it is yeah you know i don't listen to so much country yeah but i'm not like oh i'm not gonna listen i don't like poppy stuff yeah i'm not a big pop guy but i mean i've always been into hip-hop I grew up on Bone Thugs and Harmony, so I had, you know, my right. friends at school, we were all listening to Tupac and Bone Thugs. And well, you did that, that's right, because you did that too, didn't you? Yeah, I I think I did like... Was that the original Achilles Achilles the Conqueror yeah. that it was under, it was yeah. like six or seven hip-hop albums, but well, they were like hardcore. Where can you find those? Are those even in existence anywhere? Uh, not online. Because streaming, I can find the two Achilles and then the two Blade of Sir. You'll, you'll find all the, the rock and the metal stuff online. I, um... There's there's a lot of live stuff. I have some CDs. I just gotta find them. Um, I, I'm, there's a lot of me playing at Crowbar and and, and I know I had Tom Fubar. in here. I had Tom in here yeah, last week. Right. Yeah. Scary man. You know. <laughs> it sucks, man. Yeah. What's going on with that shit? It sucks, man. So, you know, he's he's talking about the reopening of that and you know trying to get people on. And he was talking about getting me on. I'm not sure. I don't really perform hip hop or anything like that anymore. But yeah. We'll see what happens, man. I'm just thinking about it right now. <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, high school, well, grade school, you pick up a guitar. In high school, were you in bands? Were you? I had a, f- I had a couple friends that I always played with. Yeah. And one of my buddies, I'm still really good friends with. He, he's a drummer. He's awesome. So we just always jammed together. We never really wrote any songs. We right. just started playing, and you know, it, it probably sounded terrible. Right. But you know, we were just drinking and doing stupid things sure. and just playing as sure. loud as we could for sure so so you uh, get out of high school and then what happens you stay in tampa i stay in tampa i actually start uh a band with my uncle okay who taught me to play what was so that called it was called um it was called foxy at okay. first with two x's <laughs> i don't know what the hell we're doing and then we uh then we changed it to overlook maze because we're both huge fans of the shining Second from the right up I there in the that. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were like massive yeah, yeah. fans, and, and The Shining was like something that we always connected with. So we wrote a bunch of songs. We got a, I think there's still a video on YouTube that my buddy made, like with clips of The Shining. Right. And, you know, we just, we had an old 16 track guitar recorder, ran some electronic drums. Yeah. In it, and it was just me and him. We just recorded a ton of stuff. That's badass. So, you know, and then um, he started playing. He's now playing with a, uh, uh, a live cover band called Borderline, and okay. they play in like the Newport Richie area. Okay. They're really good. Okay. And you know, I just I like to do stuff my own. I'm really hard to work with. Why is that? I just I like things done. You a just have way, a certain way that you and want. And I don't it. ever want to change my riffs. You know right. what I mean? Like it, it's a problem. Yeah. You know, I I I know how I want to hear it, and I know how I want it to sound. And you know, 
I, people do have good ideas, but I'm always like, I got You just know what you want. Well, I mean, I there's room for that, too. I mean, there's, yeah, there's there some bands is. are collaborative. Others are, uh, you know, a dictatorship. And I think both can work as long as everybody understands what the it setup can. is from the outset. There's a lot of great session players. Yeah. If I were to start a band, I would want to get guys that they just want to play. Sure. You know what I mean? They don't care about writing. They just want to play music. Right. So I can write everything and then everybody can play whatever. You know what I mean? I'm, it's never about money for me. If I were to do a band, everything would be split even. Yeah. But as far as like the, the creating and the, the way writing it sounded. process and the lyrics and all that, I mean, I'm just ridiculous, man. So do you have the same process on every album or does it change album to album? Like, like the idea for Marauder, the idea for Summit or um, what's the, the Legendarium, you know? It's kind of just what I'm into at the moment. You know, I, I, I always... Like the the ancient stuff I was yeah. talking about, I always cycle through these different, yeah. you know, these different cultures, right? And it's whatever I'm at at that point. I come up with so many ideas, my mind won't stop turning, and I'm like, if I don't get this out and record it now, it's never going to be done. So that's why I push out so many albums and so many different things. Well, the industry, the normal kind of turnaround time between albums is like two or three years, right. would you say? Right. And I mean, just since I've been Facebook friends with you, <laughs> I think you put out four albums, <laughs> yeah, at least. Um, and I know there's this one that you're really stoked about that you're working on right now. Yeah, yeah. that that will be something that I I actually take. You know, I, I plan to move. I, I do want to go west. I need mountains in my yeah. life. And and if I do move, I will find people that I can do a band with, and that will be something that I really want to take. Right. You know, like serious, like this is where it's going to go. The Jaguar ritual is what I want to call it, which was a, a song off of Marauder. Yeah. But I like that name so much. I was like, it fits for a band name. And, you know, I, I just want to do something that's it's still accessible. Right. I love black metal and stuff, but I, I still want to play music that I, I can play live and enjoy playing. Right. You know, this black metal stuff is, it's just, it's harsh. It's a niche. It's vocals. a niche. Well, it's harsh on your vocals and it's a niche. You know, it's, it's not something you're going to draw thousands of people to a show. Not at all. Not yeah. At all. So. It's got a great underground base and a lot of loyal people in it. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I love, you know, I love it, you know, and I, I have all these little, and this is part of the reason why I think I reached out to you is it's so rare to find people who have like these specific, you know, passions or, or things that they're into that when you find somebody it's like finally i could talk to somebody about this because my wife doesn't give a shit about <laughs> yeah. you know right you know uh mayhem or She's venom or, or you know hellhammer or any of these bands yeah and, and you know and people looking at me as an attorney you know most of the time I'm walking around a suit or whatever they would never perceive that that was even something that i was into so when i can find people that are into that stuff and talk about it i, I just kind of go off but um <laughs> In any event, now any of these albums that you've done, uh, are you completely doing all the instrumentation on all of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do everything. Now, are you set up somewhere? Do you have a studio, or is this all just like in a room of your house? It's and just a, it's just a room. I'm, so I'm, the bass, are you, are you actually doing a bass, or yeah. is it a machine, or that's, is it a? That's a real bit. The only thing that's done, um, instrument wise, digitally is is you know, uh, the drums I do on keyboard. So I play okay. the keyboard like they were drums. And uh, like any orchestral stuff, so strings and brass and choir and that kind of stuff, that's all keyboard. But yeah, if I had a real drum set, I'd do it. I'd love to have an actual drum set because I love playing drums. Yeah. But it's just, it's just too much. Well, that's just it. I mean, that's the hardest part is having the space to do this stuff. I know that's one of the biggest um, obstacles for, for bands getting together and playing live music. Uh, a buddy of mine who plays for Wolfface, they, the bass player for them, 
owns a studio over in uh, Pinellas Park, so they get to go there and play a lot, which They're is awesome. They're great, man. That that video you sent me was. Did you watch it? It was hysterical. Was it a hilarious? Yeah. I loved it, man. But he's a you know he's an attorney too, so he's kind of got he again has these different faces, you know, one one to the music world and one to the yeah. the you know. Just so you don't scare people. Well, away. And, and and he's half afraid he's going to get a cease and desist from Metallica. <laughs> oh, had, really? Well, they had they had this bumper sticker. It's hilarious. It says Metallica in quotes, uh-huh. just like, it's, <laughs> just the, but it's this this whole made up beef that they have. Not because they actually really have any problem with Metallica, but it's just it's almost funny that this band from Tampa is you know starting something. It's like a rap battle or whatever. That's great. Man. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So. They're lucky enough to have that space, but um, yeah, you know what? One of the things with drums, I don't know if I had talked to you about this before, but there's a podcast that I listen to all the time called Crash Bang Boom. It's a podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, it has you'd love this. All the drummers from like we could go on and on and on, but it, it's amazing to me what a different different part of a band that is, both from a recording perspective and from what it takes to play and what impact and what toll it takes on your body. I had no idea before I started. Well, one of the things is they, they were doing a jingle for this liquid death water. Mm-hmm. They did this, and, and so yeah, they yeah. went in, and they were like, well, we're going to record if you want to come in and watch us. So I said, sure. And we sat there for like four hours while they mic'd the drummer. Yeah. And then they all went in in like 30 minutes and knocked out their guitar and their vocals yeah. part. And there's like just to get that 90% right, of it is getting the drums right. It's, it's insane. Just getting trying to get those sounds correct, man, and to pick everything up and it not to be overbearing and all that is just... It's a process. Is that how you write it? Do you write Do you write drums first? Do you write lyrics first, or does it change? Or it, it, it's all over the place, yeah. man. It's majority of the time it'll be just a riff. Yeah, I'll, I'll come up with a riff, and then I start building around that riff, and it's you know that's the whole idea. Sometimes I'll write lyrics first, and, and it makes me. I always try to match the music with the lyrics. So what I'm talking about, I want it to sound like yeah. whatever part of that song is talking about whatever the situation is. Right. I want it to sound like that. So if I'm talking about like in stuff in Legendarium, talking about like a war or something, I like right. to have galloping riffs and yeah. you know that kind of idea where the, theme. the music matches it. Like it's cinematic to me. It, music is cinematic to me. Well, and you mentioned you were very into movies. Extremely. Yeah, so is Extremely. that kind of a way to scratch that itch too? A little bit. Cuz yeah. cuz it's true, at least those two albums, The Midgard and The Legendarium are very cinema. I mean, they sound like they could be a soundtrack right. to a film or something. That's 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 very much what I'm going for. I, uh, it, uh, film is is just as important to me as music is, and um, m- my buddy, who is also my partner, is uh, Michael Sinclair. Mm-hmm. He actually did the uh, two week with Tom doc. Okay. And uh, he does all my music videos, and and me and him collaborate on so much stuff. We'll, we'll, I'll make music, and he'll come up with a video for it. Right. Or he's you know he's right now he's working on a short film that I'm starring in and composing the music oh, wow. for that. Oh wow. So we just try we bounce off of each other with ideas. How'd you guys meet each other? We've known each other since school. Okay. We've we've known each other a long time, but we really started hanging out maybe a little bit after high school. Okay. And and just what's his name again? Michael Sinclair. Okay. Michael M. Sinclair. Yeah. Very cool. Good guy. Super talented, right? Does right. a lot of music videos for people and, and and documentaries and short films, and he's great, man. So, so the the decision to stop—not that you stopped per se—but kind of switch over from recording under Achilles to Blade of Sir. How did that come about? Were you just you kind of finished with that chapter and you're on to a new chapter? Or? Well, I, I've been doing so much stuff under Achilles, yeah, and. And there's other artists named Achilles. Yeah, you know what I mean. I found that out because I was originally right. trying to find you online. There was 
some little Indian kid. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like it's the albums are him, but the yeah. Right. It's it's but the the blade of Surter thing was I just wanted to do. Is it Surter? Surter. Yeah. Surter. Yeah. I keep saying Sir. Okay. Well, yes, I'm glad you said yeah, it. Yeah, Surter. It's it's the the fire giant. Okay. And, and Norse legend that basically creates the end of all time. Okay. So, but it's I wanted to do black metal and I wanted something to it to sound Norse. And, and be just like apocalyptic yeah. sounding, and now I'm I'm kind of doing this thing to where Blade of Surter is going to be just all my metal stuff. Okay. Regardless if it's thrash or instrumental or black metal, I want to keep that the metal stuff. Okay. And then use the Jaguar ritual as the more rock. Okay. You know, more just like hard rock kind of. Right, stuff. right, right. So, um, have you started thinking seriously about the move? Like, is this something that's going to be happening? I was supposed next to do year. it a couple of years ago. Oh, really? And, it, you know, whether it be financial situation yeah. or just, you know, this virus now, I was really planning. I was supposed to go to Colorado in April yeah. and check it out. And I wanted to, you know, I was trying to get out of here in October, but it's not going to happen now. And I, my best friends are having a baby. So I'm like, I'm not going anywhere until that comes. Yeah. And, you know, I who knows? You know, I, I want to. I really want to get out, but. I just need mountains, man. I get it. I get it. So what about playing live? Much playing live? You mentioned playing at the Crowbar. Yeah, Tom was talking to me about about doing the uh, the reopening. I mean, when I was doing live performances, it was just the hip-hop stuff. Well, I mean, it's hard if you're a solo musician to play your music by yourself it's unless hard. you're it's hiring hard. a band or you just have people that I mean, step in and learn all the songs. The hip-hop so. stuff, you give... You know, you give the DJ or the sound guy a flash drive. Yeah. And, and I bring a guitar with me to do some guitar solos over some of the beats and stuff. Right. I, I just got burnt out on it, man. Yeah. And I don't, I really, I, I loved it so much at the time and I did it so much. I was performing constantly, did a tour, went up the East Coast and all that. And then I was just like, I need to step back and get back in the metal a little bit and catch my roots. And now it's taken me. To where I think I should be going. Right, right. Have you started writing material for Jaguar Ritual? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I uh, the first album is going to be all acoustic. Okay. It's going to have drums and bass and stuff, but it's, 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 it's like rock metal riffs on acoustic guitar. It okay. Sounds insane, man. Yeah. It's easily the best thing I've ever done. Is is there something that inspired it? I mean, you talked a little bit about the idea of the song and the different type of genre, but is there a, is there a band that you could direct me to or a sound that you man, could direct me to? It's very, very Alice in Chainsy. Okay. Soundgarden, Metallica. Okay. It's 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 got the desert vibe to yeah. it, but it's it's a western. It okay. sounds like western music. It's, okay. It's crazy, man. It's got a little country twang to it. It's strange, harmony, vocals all over the place. It's it's different, man. It's different S for me. Well, there's a there's a, another documentary which I think I told you about called Colossus of Destiny. Yeah. It's the uh, Melvin's documentary and. They go through all the different variations of the Melvins, but one of them is uh, Buzz Osborne, where he's just playing acoustic. But he's, you know, he, he kind of complains. People are like, well, that just sounds like acoustic Melvins. And he's like, well, what do you think it's going to sound like? I'm the one who writes all the right. Melvins music. So it's that's what, his, but yeah. it's, 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 it's like metal on an acoustic guitar. So yeah. what you're talking about, although, you know, that might be a little bit of a different type of, a vibe, you know, it definitely that's, works. That's definitely the idea, though. Yeah. You know, the, these riffs aren't, they're not traditional acoustic guitar riffs. I'm not playing mate, like chords and stuff. Everything is drop tuned. Right. It, um, everything is just, you know, a lot of just... You play drop D or what do you play like? I play, I, I switch it up okay. a lot. I, I mostly play in drop D. Okay. And uh, f for the acoustic stuff, I'm doing drop C sharp. So it's a little bit deeper. 
Okay. It's a little bit lower, but it's. Did you get thicker strings so they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit thicker, but I I didn't get too thick because I like the. I like, like the to bend them a little bit, buzz, that, slop that around. That rattling, you can yeah, yeah. hear the rattling on oh, a acoustic sure. when you really get that rattling. Yeah. Something about it, man, I don't know, it teases me. I was just having that uh, conversation with uh, Gabe, uh, I have the worst time with his last name, Eka Echezabel, who's the senior music correspondent for Creative Loafing, but we were talking okay, yeah. about uh, music in the 70s, and, and, and would you rather someone who plays well or plays passionately, and, and it's always passionately over Absolutely. well for me. And again, not that it can't be both, but if right. I had to pick one, I want it to sound like the wheels are coming off, right. yeah. and it's just just barely keeping from going yeah. over the cliff. We we're talking about you know the Stooges, Iggy Pop and the Stooges, mm-hmm. and the MC5, and a lot of these different bands yeah, where it's, it sounds like they're beating the shit out of their instruments, yeah. but it's it's awesome. You feel it; it that's, sticks with you. Yeah, that's they, they're putting their heart into it, man. You yeah, know, there's a lot of great technical guitarists and stuff out there that I, I watch on YouTube. I'm just like, that's it's insane. But there's so many of them that yeah. it's like there's nothing special if they're not. You can tell when someone's soul is going into what they're playing in their music, man. It really has a, a different effect than sound. I just recently uh, made the acquaintance of Trey Azagoth, who's the mm-hmm. uh, guitarist for Morbid Angel. So talking about is bananas. And, and it's, it's so funny. Cause, he's awesome, man. He's a great Well, player. there's this book I've been reading called Choosing Death, and it's about the birth of a death metal and grindcore. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, and my wife and kids are playing around, and I'm reading, and I flip, and there's a picture of him right there. I'm just like, this is so bizarre. He's a friend of a friend, and he's sent me pictures of his guitars. And he, I was talking to him yesterday or Saturday, and he's like, he he does trance music now. Like he's like, I don't yeah. even, I don't even really play guitar or listen to metal anymore. Yeah. He was he was talking to me about all these types of trance music, which I I, I don't know that that's I'm in deep water there talking about yeah. that. But he was listing off all these genres of trance, and I was like. I didn't even know that those existed, but, uh, you know, maybe similar in a way that, like, once you've scratched a niche musically and you're mm-hmm. on to the next thing, that's I mean, kind of where he's I, at. I'm surprised that some of these guys, man, that, that have been doing this, you know, for 25 years, you know, like the bands like Cannibal Corpse yeah. and, and Morbid Angel and Nile and all yeah. these guys, I'm like, I, I get so tired of stuff so quick. Like, I have to, I mean, I'm always going to listen to those that music, but as far as recording music myself... I get to the point where I'm like, I got to do something different now. Well, that's just it. I mean, you know, there, there's definitely a evolution in music, whether it's thrash or, you know, metal or hard rock or all the different little subgenres of metal. But it's hard to do something new. And at a certain point, you feel like you're just rehashing old ground. But that's, um, that's why I couldn't completely get mad at Metallica. Like, yeah. You know, I, when I was younger, I was like, well, what the hell is this? I don't want to hear this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, they, they put out five of the best albums ever made to right. me. Yeah. You know I mean, those first five to me were perfect. So I was like... You're including they, Black Album in that? I, I actually yeah. love the Black Album, man. Yeah. A lot of people look at me sideways for it, but I don't know, man. Maybe it might be because of my age. And you know, that's I, 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 I'm undecided. On. You know, mm-hmm. for me, my entry point, like I said, was uh, Injustice for All, mm-hmm. but then it was a heavy rotation between that master, Ride the Lightning, and then the EP. Okay. The, those, you know, and then later I got into Kill em All. For some reason, I feel like Kill em All wasn't super available because that was back on yeah. tape yeah. and I, you couldn't go down to Sam Ash or wherever nah. and get so I, I, I think the only reason I wasn't into that more in the beginning is because you couldn't find it and you couldn't go online and listen to music but the Black Album was definitely the most popular well, yeah. album but it did they did slightly soften their sound a little bit or, or made it you know however you want to couch it yeah so what let's talk let's talk music that you're listening to now and other stuff that you have found kind of big in your life for different reasons and 
As far as music now, I'm kind of only listening to myself. Really? I got I got to this point. I where, guess that's good, so that you're not aping other people. Right? Is it's, that why you do it? I, kind of, kind of. I I I'll listen to something that gets me so into it. You know, like I was listening to a lot of Watain and Dark Throne. Right, right. Which was like I was like, I'm gonna do some black metal now. You yeah. Know what I mean, but um, I, I, sometimes I feel like I, I get scared that I'm gonna write a riff and it's gonna be so good, and then I'm gonna go back and listen Fine, to my someone else had it. and be like. That's their riff. What am I doing? You yeah. know what I mean? Because I've done that before. Never recorded it, but I've come up with a riff and gone, I didn't come up with that. That's, that's horrible. I, I, I'm a, I was really, really into stand-up comedy for a long time. I mean, I still am, but I kind of, you know, it's, it gets hard to keep track do of. Do you it. do stand-up? No, 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 no. But I just, I've followed a bunch of comedians. I listen to a lot of podcasts where comedians are on. So yeah. I, I got very conversant with, mm. you know, people and i could talk about california comics versus chicago versus new york versus london and all this other stuff but then you start to see and i i can't say which is harder or which is easier but it would almost be impossible now to write a joke that wasn't in some fashion written before so you Especially put nowadays man so you put your own little spin on it but i mean like i don't know if you've ever sat there and gone down the led zeppelin rabbit hole of oh yeah Oh yeah! Like, oh yeah! Listen to this blues song, and yeah. then listen to this, and then yeah. listen to this, and then listen to this, it's, and you're like, oh my god! It's reflective, man. Not that they're not supremely oh, talented yeah. and oh, amazing, yeah. and we're able to create a pastiche of all of their influences right. into something that was beautiful, but right. some of it is like straight pilfering yeah. from, <laughs> from certain it's artists. Crazy, man! But then it's you crazy. look at like Elvis and a lot of the black mm-hmm. artists that he was taking from. You know, mm-hmm. again, Gabe was in here. And we were talking about. Uh, Chuck Berry and Little Richard and um, James Brown. And, I mean, yeah, those, those guys three are, guys, the white community owes yeah, <laughs> huge, those, huge. Massively, man. Yeah. Those guys are legends and, and, and are super inspirational for so many musicians, man. And, and they get tons of credit, but they still don't they get enough. They should get more. Well, especially he was talking about Little Richard because... Little Richard took it a step further. He was a gay black man doing rock music in the fifties. It's so unheard for of. white people. It's like it's unheard of. Like and for gonna, him to get the recognition that he did, like that, oh, it's, it's unheard of, man. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, so definitely amazing. But anyways, getting back to the point that we were making about writing riffs that are not, you know, take. I mean, at, at a certain point, there's going to be some oh, crossover. Yeah. You you'll, know, you'll hear it. You'll yeah, hear it. you can definitely hear my inspirations, and I'll show my friends. Before I release something, I'm like, "Hey, man, check this out." And they're like, "Man, I, I can hear." I can hear well, that's so. That's that. so. Going back to Achilles, um, the the two albums, the Summit and the, and the Marauder, I definitely heard the influence, but mm-hmm. it was by no means the same at all. Okay. Um, cool, so, man. so I'm glad to hear that. Well, too. no, for sure. But I, you know, you can just, you know, I, for me, when I listen to Wolfface, I always tell him that the, the vocally sounds like against me. Mm-hmm. He's kind of got that yelling bark and. Yep. And then, you know, I know they're big friends, fans of Jawbreaker and mm-hmm. some of these other bands, so that's kind of the, yeah. the back end of that. And then, do you know Dave Decker? Uh, he was on the show. He plays in a band called Big Sad. And his, for me, it, it, I hear a lot of Dinosaur Jr. And then his mm-hmm. vocals, I hear a lot of Dead Kennedys. But it's I don't mean in a way that it's aping. It's just yeah, yeah. an homage. It's a, you know, I, I, I like that. I mean. That's great, man. Yeah, you, yeah. You pick up off of your influences, you know what I mean? Like, it, some of these guys, you just... You can almost kind of try to mock them, but you can't actually sing like them because they have different, you know, vocal yeah, yeah. color or something yeah, yeah. like that. And then it becomes your own thing. Right. You know what I mean? I wish I could sing like Lane Staley. That's my favorite vocalist. Right, right. But when I try to do it, it I don't sound exactly He's a tough like one. It. I mean, I was I was it's on ridiculous. that boat when it came out, and I remember of all the 
quote unquote grunge bands, yeah, although yeah. technically they weren't. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's just the name for that scene. Yeah, but but they weren't even from Seattle originally, were they? I think they were from California or something. I think, that, I think they were did, they. Yeah, I think they were Seattle. Okay, yeah. but I mean, you got Cornell, you got Eddie Vedder, you got mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain, you got you know uh, Lane Staley, and I, I I remember at that time all the local band guys, all of them were trying to be Lane Staley, trying to get that voice down. I haven't really listened to him that much with the new singer. I, I is he okay? It took me a while. Well, especially get, if you like Lane so much, it's kind of like I was kind of like a stepdad it. coming in, like who's kissing my mom? Exactly, <laughs> I was not having it, man. It, they, they dropped that that first release with him, and and I was like, this is not Lane. He's not hitting these high notes, this and that. But I listened to it more and more, and I started catching on. They released this last one. They released the yeah uh, Mount Rainier, yeah, yeah, or Rainier Fog, yeah. That album to me is a masterpiece. Man. Yeah, it's well, Jerry so Cantrell's good. an amazing guitarist, he's, and he's so underrated. Man. Yeah, yeah, as a vocalist, as a guitarist, as a songwriter, that guy's a huge inspiration. I mean, so thrash bands, Metallica, and then, I mean, Pantera. Do you call Pantera a thrash band? Because they're it's hard for me to pinpoint Pantera. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say thrash. They got thrashy vibes, especially yeah. the earlier stuff. But I don't even know what to call it. What's your favorite Pantera album? Vulgar Display of Power. Yeah, the second. I'm broken. Album. I'm broken is. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's far beyond. Yeah, that that that's that, a great album that that song is one of my it's just go tos. Yeah, it's what a bummer, you know. Sucks, what man. what and now like the brother died. Yeah. Um. Obviously, uh, who's the singer? Phil. Yeah, Phil Anselmo's got nine thousand bands that he's in, and the bass player's still around, right? Yeah, I think yeah. he's kind of doing his own thing. I I, just, I can't follow those guys. I just. It's like it's it was Diamond Vinny for me, man. I was yeah, like, yeah. that was Pantera. I wish they would have just kept doing it. Yeah, and yeah. said, you know, screw those other guys. We don't need them. Yeah. They could have found somebody else and just made it, made it work, man. So uh, who else after Pantera, Metallica? Were you big into Slayer? Were you big into? I I never got massively into Slayer, which is kind of strange. I mean, I like their music. Yeah. I don't have anything against them or anything. I just it's not something that I ever just really. I, I was I'm, I was I, Sepultura. Oh, for sure. Early Sepultura, man. For sure. I was just like obsessed. Yeah. Chaos Eyes, AD arrives. Yeah, Chaos yeah. AD. Beneath the Remains, I was just like, this is... Those throughout. Well, another one with different singers and different, mm-hmm. you know, how did you do with that switchover? I actually heard them first with their newer singer oh, before did you? I ever heard well, of them. Well, then that, that works out okay. So I loved it. I was like, this is great. And when I first... And then my friends were like, go check out their earlier stuff. I didn't want to hear it. Right, <laughs> right. You know, I was I was pretty uh, opinionated when I was younger. With you just have strong... You know what you like. I mean, yeah. it's... that's. But that's I a, opened up so much with yeah. it, man. And, 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 you know, now... Early Sepultura can't be touched. I mean, none right. of their new stuff can touch it. It's right. Just that. Have you heard the Killer Be Killed, where it's uh, him and Troy from Mastodon and uh, Greg from Dillinger Escape Plan? I haven't. I'll have to send you one of those I'll tracks. Check that out. And it's the drummer. For a minute there, I think it was Ben Kohler from uh, Converge, but then I think it was one of the guys who was a drummer for Mars Volta. So oh, Dillinger man. Escape Plan, Mastodon, Sepultura, and Mars Volta. That sounds like a trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, I saw Dillinger Escape Plan at the State Theater. That's on one of Farewell your favorite tour. bands. Huh? Oh my right. God! Yeah, I've never seen them live, man. I never got really got into them. I don't know much about them. It's it's one I of those. They're violent. Their live stuff is. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not like they're not they're not violent in the sense that it's a bunch of skinheads beating each other right, up. Right. But they just, I mean, I I couldn't ha- express the energy right. that they do in one song, and they do it for two and a half hours. And you know, when they started, they had this other this other singer. Uh, Dimitri Minikakis or something like that, but he left pretty early on. I think he wanted to start a family, and then they did. I think it's the Under the Running Board CD, 
which they had Mike Patton sing on. Okay, yeah. So you know Mike Patton mm -hmm. from Faith No More, and he's yeah. one of my favorite vocalists. And he's Mr. Awesome, yeah. Mr. Bungle, Fantomas, yep. uh, Dead, Dead Craw. I mean, yep. he's another one. He's super. Pr you're very he's, much a Mike Patton type of figure. Yeah, I and, guess so. Man. And I guess uh, so when they brought in Greg, Greg had this ability to both do the growly, you know, vocals that Dimitri did, but do the Mike Patton deal. So he was able to play both sides of it. And once. Uh, he got in the band, it just started killing. And Ironworks is one of my favorite favorite albums, but um, they were amazing. They were an amazing show. And that was a really, it was Cult Leader, um, Car Bomb, Dillinger Escape Plan. I forget who the, the other band was, but that was, a, that was one of the last shows at State Theater before they closed down. Now they're this. Was that your favorite show that you think you've ever been to? I mean, what my would you favorite, define as like the number the one? The number one will always for me be the butthole surfers at the fairgrounds. Okay, That's, I cool, tell the story so much, and uh, uh, you know, people are going to get tired of hearing about it, but <laughs> this naive little kid went to a Catholic school. His first year in high school, his buddy picks him up in his Toyota pickup truck that I think he painted out the, the toy so it just said Yoda on the back of it. <laughs> and we drove out there, and it was... It was, uh, I think it was Helmet, if I recall, it was Helmet, um, Stone Temple Pilots, and Butthole Surfers, and Gibby Haynes is the lead singer for Butthole Surfers. Comes out and have you ever listened to the album Hairway to Steven? Mm -hmm. Do, I, I'm going to give you some homework assignments when you live here today. To I want me, you to listen to Hairway to Steven, I want you to listen to Killer Be Killed, I want you to watch Murder in the Front Row, but um, he comes out, it's completely blacked out, he comes out and he lights his hand on fire and to start singing the whole song his hands on fire i don't know how he did it if he had like a glove on or what well, he had so. no shirt on and he was he's built like me he was pear-shaped so he had a belly and love handles he had a bra on his head and then all these beach balls came out of the crowd and he had a 12 gauge and was shooting the beach ball with 12 gauge blanks over the stage which like any one of those things by themselves are like oh, huge ordinance God. violations but all of them together i was just like I felt like I had crossed over into this other world. So it was this whole, like I had been into it's metal before that. Man. Well, yeah, but they, they were really into the psychedelics and kind of that, that sort of thing. And it just kind of brought me into this world. And then I remember seeing Guar a bunch at Janus Landing. Mm -hmm. and I you, just saw them for the first time a few months ago. And yeah. I had never seen them. And that was extremely fun it's a show. it's an event i mean it's fun. they what they used to do is they would whenever they would come on tour in the town as i understand it i don't did they saw the meat grinder behind the the drums i i think they did i think they did so i they, can't remember i drank a lot that night. well yeah i mean it, even if you were dead sober it would feel like you drank a lot that night so <laughs> yeah, they had this yeah. huge meat grinder behind the drums and as i understand it, i don't know if this is true but they would go around to butcher shops before their show and ask for all the meat scraps like all the excess fat and shit that they cut off and so they would pull girls out of the crowd and drop them into the meat grinder, and then they had this cannon that would shoot, like just fat and lard and little pieces into the crowd. Again, they probably did it, man. I just can't even remember that. Well, and then the funnier thing was this was Odorous Yurangas before the new singer, mm -hmm. and he had this huge prosthetic penis that had a, a tube hooked yep. up to it, and he would squirt Tide all over the crowd. They were doing that. Yeah, and then they shoot the black light, and everybody's just got yeah. you know drip they dripping off their that. face. They and, were doing that. But they they're good musicians movie. too. I yeah, mean, they're great. Yeah, man. so I, I mean. You know, props to them for getting in all that equipment and like all that that costume looks. They look ridiculous. How it's probably so hot in those things. Oh well, I just again with the wolf face guys, they're wearing those rubber masks, and I've seen them, and they come off stage, and it's just like you know. You, I, I would faint, man. Yeah, I run so hot. That's another reason I've been trying to get out of Florida because this weather is not for killing me, you. Man. Yeah, I yeah. need snow. I need it to be freezing. Cold, yeah. So yeah. like, I look at these guys wearing these full suits and i'm just like i would i would have passed out and right song I right what they're doing man 
All right, so what do we got here? We got Metallica, we got Pantera, we got Alice in Chains. Anybody else? Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, for sure. I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan is one of my biggest influences. Okay. Sure. Now, have you done any more of the kind of bluesier type of riffs, like a slower down, you I'm, know? I, a little bit, not much, but I will be getting more into yeah. that with the Jaguar ritual. Well, I mean, that sounds out. like it would lend to that sort of. It so, would, Do you know George man. Pennington? He was on the show. You got to follow him on Facebook. It's funny. His I think I do actually. Pennington. You've had to have run across him at some point. He plays a lot of that type of music. Huge Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. He's a local musician. He's he's self. He's put out albums on his own. All of that. The homework list. Um, but his, his, ironically, his dad and I went to law school to, together. So I okay. I was seeing him on Facebook, and I was like, I went to school with a Pennington. He's like, Yeah, that's my dad. And the guy's like a little bit younger than you. I was like, How the hell? You know, I, I still feel like I'm 22 years old until I you know realize. Hey, there's ages, really nothing but a number. Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I stay a kid. I'm always going to stay a kid. Right. I'm always going to be. So I was going to ask so. you, any, no wife, no kids, no anything like that? No, no. Is that in the cards for you, think? or? Um, it's it's always a possibility. Yeah. I got a girlfriend right now, and that's about it. Does she she dig your music? She honest yeah, with you yeah. about it? Yeah, yeah. Well, she that's awesome. It, man. So that's, that's going good. And just, uh, you know, I haven't really thought. I got a nephew. And he's enough, you know what I mean? Does he live around here locally? Yeah, he's he's more in the Lutz area. So you're so, involved with him, and then you've got the friends who are having kids here soon. Yeah, i got friends that are, that are getting ready to have a baby, so that's that's pretty much another one for me. What about the movies? How did you get into that? I mean, it, w movies and music, was that medicinal for you? I mean, I f always found that for me was an escape. I was an only child, so... Film was... Uh, film came before music for yeah, me. Yeah, same, same for me. You know, I, I, I movies for me is just... If I if if I didn't have these art forms, I, I wouldn't want to exist in this world because I need this stuff. You know what I mean? Like film to me is 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 literally lined up with music. Like I can't say I like music better or I like film better because to me they they match up. You yeah. Know what I mean, and yeah. even in movies, they have the music and when it's going with it, like there's an emotion, soundtracks and scores and stuff. I'm just obsessed with all of it. Yeah. And visual, I'm a visual artist first. I was painting and drawing long before well, I picked the, up an instrument. The, it's, that's true. I mean, the look of all the stuff you put out is so top-notch. I mean, it that's really right. comes across as, you know, these bands are probably spending shit tons of money on cover art and all this other they stuff. Are. I mean, you definitely have this vision that comes across. So did you do the Summit? Did you do all that stuff? Summit, yeah, I okay. did. You know, uh, Marauder was taken by my friend Michael Sinclair. He took that picture. I, just I love that picture. That's a badass picture, man. I just I, I love suits too, so I'm obsessed with suits. Yeah. And I and and I I just wanted to have a suit in my gun, and you know I I have a look for everything that that I do. When I was doing the hip hop stuff, everything is kind of a character to me. It is almost like each album is a character for that movie. Yeah. So I, I kind of look at my, my albums as movies. Like, this is its own project, its right. own thing, its own character. Its own world. And I, I kind of act yeah. that way as far as social media goes. Like, when I was doing the hip-hop stuff, it, it was it was satire. Yeah. But I was acting like, you know, like one of the hip-hop artists that's just... Well, look at the Beastie Boys. Super, I mean, that's what they were doing. You yeah, know? just yeah. over-the-top, flamboyant, just right. obnoxious and stuff. I mean, I'm not... In, in real life, I'm... I'm Pretty really low key, yeah. I'm really soft inside, man. Yeah. Like I, I just love animals and, and flowers and sunshine <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, just perceiving myself, I was like, I gotta be this character for this album. This is how I feel at this time, this is how it's gonna go, this is how I want it to look, how I want it to sound. Yeah. But I kinda have an idea for a music video. It's just 
It's the the movies, man. What are some of your movies? You don't have to give me your your favorite, but the just Revenant a couple. is my favorite. Really? That's my favorite film ever. Well, that makes sense. I, I, I saw mean, you kind of look like I, that movie. <laughs> I, I get that a lot. Yeah. When I, when my hair was longer too, yeah. especially, but that movie, that that was like defining for me. I mean, I've I've grown up on horror movies. I've, yeah. It's always been you know Alien and Candyman and, uh. and The Shining and all the Kubrick films and stuff. But when I saw there was some reason when I saw The Revenant in the theaters for the first time, me and my buddy Mike, we yeah. we are back and forth with films with each other. We went and saw that and we saw it in, in, you know, IMAX and stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, I'd never felt a movie like that before. When I saw that on screen and, and the sound, it was so loud. I went and saw it again in IMAX and it just, it didn't feel like it was loud enough right. or as clear enough. I don't know, but something about it, man, I was like sucked into it, man. I was like, well, they shot it. They shot it with like natural light and they shot a lot of single takes. It's the best. And, and, you know, the Chivo, the guy that does the cinematography, I think he's probably my favorite cinematographer. Yeah. Doesn't he do a lot of the Coen Brothers stuff? I think he does. Yeah. No Country for Old Men is one of my. That's another. Yeah. That's one that blows my mind that has no music. Yeah. There's no score to it. Yeah. The only time there's music is when he wakes up in Mexico and the mariachi band is playing for him. But other than that, I'm just like, it didn't even need music. Yeah. You don't think about it in that movie. You know, I'm, so I'm trying to think of musical directors. Obviously, uh, Scorsese's always got very strong soundtracks. Yeah. And I've always dug Michael Mann's kind of yep. synth-heavy key stuff. That's I love with Carpenter. The, like, oh, for sure. The well, was it Tangerine Dream or... Halloween. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff, those synths, man. Yeah. I'm a big synth freak, too. Yeah, like, well, I mean... This is so, oh, so who is it that... Was, Carpenter Brute. Yeah, Carpenter Brute. Carpenter yeah. Brute. Another yeah. attorney friend of mine just told me about him. I was like, so good, man. It's like, where did, where did, the, he's like, oh, he's big into like John Carpenter stuff and all yeah. those. He's like, I was like, oh, wow, that sounds amazing. So that's was, one of my hip hop albums sounded like, like Carpenter made the beats for it. Oh, that's awesome. I did the whole album like that. The cover had like neon, like 80s style, like metal letters yeah. and stuff. And I was doing that too. I did you see It Follows and, uh, yeah, I, was so excited for It Follows, and I was so disappointed. Disappointed. I loved the cinematography and the soundtrack for that movie. Yeah. I thought it was perfect. But yeah. I was. I think I overhyped myself too yeah. much for it, and I didn't get what I wanted out of it. I it, was like, I was expecting something, you know, glorious to happen or something, and it was. I mean, it's not a bad film. I just, I don't know. I think I. Well, it. there's, there's definitely been in the past five, ten years this kind of return to artistic mm-hmm. horror movies, not just, you know. At first, it was all slasher flicks, yep. and then it was kind of this like campy, like "What did you do last summer?" Mm-hmm. and "Scream," which yep. weren't weren't my bag. But mm-hmm. you know, I think I was talking to you. Uh, you know, so Mastodon's one of my favorite bands, and they, every one of their albums, I love so every one of their albums is a theme. And, yep. and you know, they did the Elements, mm-hmm. you know, the Water album, the, all this other stuff. But when I saw the movie The Witch, I was oh, like, "Holy shit!" Man. That movie is calling for somebody to do that type of thing that just spoke to me i was like that's got such a badass theme to it the witch is so good man and then i love that movie and then uh did you see the lighthouse his next one i haven't seen it okay yet. I'm, I'm getting ready to watch i'm probably gonna watch it tonight man, so I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to hear what you think about it but that's a, a very much in the did same you like it i liked it a lot it's not gonna be the witch okay. but not in a bad or a good way it's much more of like a uh, old sea tale right, than right. a horror movie. Yeah, like, even the way it's shot, it's like the oh, the, it's shot badass, very grainy, yeah. black and white. And um, you, you know, it's been amazing to me is Robert Pattinson because because mm-hmm. my f- introduction to him was uh, Twilight movies, R- same here, which I was like, 
that yeah. I don't want to know anything about that. <laughs> and I, I'm getting too old now for superhero movies, but of all the superhero movies, the one that's always held a place in my heart is Batman. Like, I always dig yeah. Batman the most. So anytime there's a new Batman, I'm kind of half interested in it. But I was like, really? That guy? But through The Lighthouse, and then did you see uh, Uncut Gems? So you know what it is, though? Yeah, yeah. Adam so, yeah. So it's these two brothers, the Safdie brothers, who directed Uncut Gems. And if you like synth music, they have a complete musical synth deal going on in all their movies. But the one right before Uncut Gems is a movie called Good Times, and it's, and it's Robert Pattinson. And again, just amazing. So He's he, a great actor. He really is. I, I saw, did you see The King? On Netflix? No, but I I started to watch started to watch man, it. It's That's so right good. up your alley, yeah. It's so good. What about and he's great in it too, man. He doesn't have a big part, but he, he's he's very good, man, with like his he's got this French accent. Yeah. And just this attitude, like a terrible attitude. Man, he's great as it, man. I couldn't believe it. So were you into did you watch Game of Thrones? Are you into Vikings? I, are you into Outlander? Are you into I Love Vikings. Yeah. Love Vikings. Um my friend is on that show, The Wrestler Edge. Oh really? He's a buddy of mine, so he's on that show now. So now I'm like, I mean that's that's been my favorite show. And then he jumped on. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Right. Um, Game of Thrones, I loved up until the, the last, last season. season. Of course, yeah. I was just so fucking let down. Yeah. Man. But um, yeah, I, I'm into all that kind of stuff. My Breaking wife, Bad, I'm, oh, I yeah. was just obsessed with. Yeah. Uh, my wife has gotten. We went to uh, Scotland in February just oh, before. The, oh man, I'm jealous. You you would, God, meeting you now. Leave. It's a, I, you, I would never leave. You wouldn't, and it's it is bananas. We went to the castle that um, is in, it's uh, Winterfell, mm-hmm. and it was in the Life of Brian, mm-hmm. and it was in Outlander, and then all this other stuff. And it's so bananas because you're literally like, you would write ten albums if you went there, just just touching a castle or sitting on That's this rock or looking at this skyline and the weather. Someday you're gonna go there, and you gotta. I, I'll be excited for you to go there because. I'm uh, dying, man. My wife took me in 2008. We went. To, so I'm Irish, Irish okay. descent. That's my that's my great grandfather was an attorney in Ireland. Awesome, man. I'm of Irish descent too. Are you so, really? Yeah, yeah. You got Irish and Italian. You got yeah. that rage in you. The 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 beard. The beard. Red. When you the see red it, beard. When you see it in the sun. It glows, yeah, oh, that's man. right. My wife was always like, your sideburn just blow up mm-hmm. red. But um, anyway, so we went to Ireland. I was so stoked about Ireland, but we just stayed in Dublin, which was cool. We met a lot of nice people. And we actually went for St. Patty's Day. So oh, St. Patty's man, Day in Dublin. You guys was, have fun. Anyway. Yeah. So I was like, nothing's ever gonna top. Ireland for me and then we kept talking about Scotland kept talking about Scotland and my wife booked it and we did uh we did uh we did a couple days in England and then we did a couple days in Scotland and Scotland was just bananas I mean just these castles we saw like seven castles and they're amazing it's like this is where people's heads were chopped off this is where they (laughs) locked people in the basement this is where people were hung this is where the hordes climbed over the walls and it's like I'm used to Tampa, where it's like this is the CVS that carries my prescription, <laughs> and this is the Seven Eleven that's got the cherry yeah. slushy. It's just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't compare, you just know. Just thinking about those times in general, man. I mean, but it's it's a point that you brought up earlier, which I think is a good one: is how much your environment inspires your music, mm-hmm. and you know, not that different people get inspiration from different places, but uh, one of the people that was on this uh, show before, Pat Clemowish, um, he was a guitarist in the hip abduction. And now he plays with John Holt in this band called Danfield, which okay. is a lot more kind of like world music. But Pat is a, he's an allergist. He's a Harvard graduate doctor. He plays, uh, the Nagomi and the, all these different like harps, different strange instruments. Yeah. Badass guitarists, um, raps in Portuguese on some of their albums. He's a world, he's a world champion 
paddleboarder. This guy, like, I hate myself after I'm done talking to him. <laughs> I'm, but, I'm beginning to Well, but it, he man. talked about, like, living in Brazil, like, in the Amazon. And uh, the music, there's, like, music that hasn't gotten out to the world. Like, right. you know, and but then he was also talking about living on the river where, you know, centuries ago, cultures were passed down the river. So mm-hmm. anytime there's a delta, whether it's the Delta Blues or in Africa, the delta, anytime there's a delta where bodies of water merge there's a, a merging of musical styles and cultures and all this new stuff comes about and he was we didn't talk about this on the radio but he's he's kind of similar to you like he's he's really into what he does he doesn't have you know wife no kids or anything he's just he's very laser focused but i was like well what's next for you and he's like i want to go to kenya there's this there's this art form over there that the the last guy who does it is getting pretty old and is about to die i want to go over there and learn this from him so oh, that it doesn't yeah, die with him and i just like that's so badass. I mean, it's such a different path than the path that I'm on. That's why I love talking to guys like you and him and all these other people because it's so important. So you, you mentioned, you know, I don't want to live in a world without that stuff. And that's, that's very much what I was talking to Tom about last week. And mm-hmm. Gabe is, you know, you can't go to a record store and talk about records right now. You can't go to the Crowbar or the Orpheum or, or wherever and it's, watch your bands. It's difficult. And when, when is that going to happen again? And yeah. if it happens, like, you know, there's these articles, there's no more moshing or no more. Yeah. It's just like. How's that even work? Like I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go see you know, whoever you know, high on fire and stand with my hands in my yeah. pockets. I mean, it's, it's just that's part of it, you know. Tom was talking about you know for this reopening, he wants to do something where, you know, the the performers that are going to be there aren't going to be ones where people are going crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? And and trying to keep everybody safe through this, and and you know not climb over each other and be yeah. washing and sweat and spit and all that touching everybody i don't know it's difficult man it's just, so it's just a weird time well not only that but when you look at like touring is how a lot of musicians make a living now because you can't make money think, selling records anymore i don't think a lot of them are going to come out of this you know i mean it's it's gonna hurt a lot of bands unless they're like massive and they you know they have a massive following and make a ton of money i'm i'm worried but maybe it's gonna be bands. more like you're you're gonna they're going to have to follow your path and it's going to separate the, the men from the boys as it were, you know, are you in this for the right reason or are you not? Because if you're, if you're in it for all the old, you know, adornments that came along with it, that's gone now. Yeah. I mean, that, that might be the situation. You know, I, I, I've, I haven't had much to complain about. Well, because the way you do your thing is right. I'm at home all the time and I'm just making music. I can keep my mind off of this stuff. I don't, I don't get bored. You know, some people, I, I just feel bad because some people, they're, they're not as lucky as I am. You know, they're, they're going to lose their homes and stuff because they're not getting the financial aid that they need. And, right. And it's just, I've just been lucky enough to where I can sit and record music all day. You know, I'm, I'm not too worried about things. You know, I still need to get my money. Yeah. Government. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm able to sit and, and keep my mind focused on something else to keep me from going completely insane right otherwise i would because i like i said i need nature and i'm kind of stuck in a city how do you get that here there's a there's a spot that i go to that's uh it's kind of hidden behind a neighborhood and it's this wooded area i've been going to since i was in, in high school yeah and um it's just nobody knows about it not really anybody someone now is back there with their kids i think building bridges and stuff like okay. it's, but it's really cool i never really see them out there so i can go out there and hike if i want to get away from everything yeah. but it's so hot yeah that i'm out there for 30 minutes and i'm just like i feel like covered I'm in mosquitoes you know and yeah, yeah 
if, if I was able to have a mountain that I can say, I'm just going to go climb this mountain. I don't have to deal with anybody today. That's how I Have you ever been to Asheville, North Carolina? I, I, that's where I was at at the beginning of the year. Okay. Yep. It's I beautiful actually, up there. I, I love Asheville. I performed in Asheville, and then I went there in, in January, and and that might be a place that I've been thinking about moving. That's badass. It that's was, like the Napa of breweries. I don't know if you're I into mean, beer, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's... it's we, we had so much fun up there. We went to some breweries. We, we were on a in a cabin on top of this mountain. It was just insane. It's very similar to me in a lot of ways to San Francisco because mm-hmm. in San Francisco, you can go an hour in any direction, and you can be in the heart of the city or you can be in the heart of That's the woods. That's awesome. I haven't been to San Francisco. And then the water, you know. Do you ever get out on the water here? Is that your thing or not I'm really? Not, I'm just not a sun guy. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a vampire. Got that, no, we got that skin. <laughs> we got that complexion, yeah. <laughs> I'm a vampire, man. I'm just... Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with it for a little bit. Yeah. You know, I can be in the sun if it's cold out. Yeah. But the heat, I just yeah, can't do yeah, it, man. Yeah, I know. I like the beach at night. Yeah. When it's super breezy yeah. and there's no one out there. And yeah. I try to avoid humans long before this whole COVID thing. I'm just like, I'm just not the biggest people person. That People perceive me as that because I'm friendly with everybody. Sure. And, I, and I hang out with a lot of people and. You're just an internal person. Yeah. I'm the same way. I live in my head. Well, uh, me too. And it's, and it's hard to be a husband and it's hard to be a father when you're in your head so much because, you know, your family want to share in, you know, what it is you're thinking or what, and your natural first move is, you know, my wife, I always joke, my wife's like, what, what was the air conditioning at? I was like, I don't even remember walking down the hallway. I don't, I was, I was thinking, you know, you know, how was your day? I don't remember. I, I was thinking about. I'm so, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about the future or the past yeah. or whatever the thing is that often I'm on, you know, manual with, mm-hmm. with whatever I'm doing, uh, you know, at the time. But anyway, well, before I, it was been awesome having you on. I'm so glad. Hopefully, on, hopefully I get you on again before you take off. I'm super, I, you know, I'm super stoked for you to go to Scotland. I, I, I almost. I, I Yeah. Once I'm able to have a, a you know, I'm stable yeah. with some money, yeah. I definitely, that's some place I want to go for sure, man. Any chance I could get you to play a guitar real quick? Sure. All right, I don't know how tuned it is. It's been a minute since we had it tuned, but play a little piece. Do a little Jaguar ritual or You mind if I drop to it? Do whatever you need to do. Thank you so much, Achilles, for coming in. It was a pleasure. Thanks, man. It was I wish you all the best. It was an honor, bro. All right.